Hare Krishna, Anchikalpa, Trubhya Chakra, Pasindu, Bhavacha, Patitanam, Bhavani, Bhyo, Vaishnavi, Bhyo, Namaha. Anchikalpa, Trubhya Chakra, Pasindu, Bhavacha, Patitanam, Bhavani, Bhyo, Vaishnavi, Bhyo, Namaha. Oh, here we are continuing Canto 11, Chapter 28, called Jnana Yoga. Uh, and we have gone up to text number 12, I believe. That's where we are. Yeah. Uddhava has been asking questions. About, well, the, and the, the, the question that, that we, Krishna is now going to begin to answer is whose to whom does the experience of material existence pertain? Because the spirit soul is the seer, innately endowed with perfect knowledge, the, but the body itself, the material body, including our subtle body, is not a conscious experiencing thing. It's a living entity that undergoes experiences. So the experience of material existence to whom does it pertain? That's what. Uh, that's what he asks. He says in text eleven, the spirit soul is inexhaustible, transcendental, pure, self-luminous, and never covered by anything material. It is like fire, but the non-living material body, like firewood, is dull and unaware. So in this world, who is it? that actually undergoes the experience of material life? This is the question. And now from 12 to the end of the chapter, which is text 44, the Lord is going to reply to Uddhava. And uh, the next group of verses, 12 through 16, now is describing bondage. So we begin now with text 12. You see, it begins, Sri Bhagavan Uvacha, the Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Hello, chant that, chant that text. Sri Bhagavan Uvacha, Yavadde Hindriya Pranaya, Atmana Sanikarshanam, Samsara Palavam Stavad, Apartopya Vivit. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, As long as the foolish spirit soul remains attracted to the material body, senses, and vital force, his material existence continues to flourish, although it is ultimately meaningless. Uh, Banu Swami, following Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's commentary, just that much, translated like this, the Supreme Lord said, as long as the foolish jiva is related to the material body, senses and prana, his material existence continues to flourish, although it is based on illusion. They have different, one is the BBT, uh, meaningless 
uh, based on illusion. But let's go. So, the Lord says, Yavat, uh, you have this construction in Sanskrit, you notice, Yavat Pavat. So long as this, then so long this will be. Uh, so this, then this. Right? Yavat Pavat. So the first Yavat, Yavat Dehindriya Pranir, uh, Atmanaha, uh, sanikarshanam. Uh, so long as the the atmanaha, uh, which they in the BBT the, the word foolish is put here, uh, although it doesn't show up right here, but as long as the atmana uh, is uh, uh, there's an attraction, sanikarshana. You know the verbal root krish. You get uh, sankarshan, you know, to attracting, pulling, plowing, drawing, sankarshana. There's attraction to the deha, indriya, prana. These three things are there. Deha is the body, indriya and senses, and prana, vital force. The prana is not alive. It's just an energy. It operates the body. We identify breath. The word actually for air comes from atma. The English word atmosphere, atma is there because of the, because your life is identified with the breathing in and out. So atma, uh, uh, so air is there so the atma but prana is an energy that's activated by the spirit soul not self Uh, when when you die and the air goes out it's just air (laughs) Uh, uh, so 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 long as this Samsara Palavan, his, well, the Tavat comes a little later, so so long as that's going on, then Samsara Palavams, because word order in Sanskrit doesn't matter, uh, uh, Samsara is fruitful, continues to flourish, it continues to go on. Tavat, for that duration, it says here in the word for word, for as long as that uh, attraction of the soul, because you think you need the body to stay alive. You don't know you can live without it. Uh, For that time, then, uh, uh, this samsara continues. (coughs) The samsara is... Apartaha, which is translated here as uh, uh, meaningless, uh, it's apa arta. Arta, purpose, meaning, value, uh, and then apa, without. Uh, it is apa arta. Uh, 
it is meaningless. They say meaningless, which, but it's ultimately meaningless. Or it's, they say, based on illusion. Uh, Banu Swami says, based on illusion, it's apartha, apartha, without artha. Uh, and here's the foolish, avivekina, that, that's the soul. They say foolish, it's the last word here. Uh, uh, you know the word uh, viveka? As in vivekananda? <laughs> uh, uh, viveka uh, is the word for discrimination, uh, having good judgment, being able to decide what's worth and worthless and so on, to distinguish and classify things. Discernment is a good word, you know. Uh, in Vedanta, it's the really ultimately the power to celebrate, to, to, to differentiate between illusion and reality, or between spirit and matter, and so on. I think Bhaktivinoda Thakur has a book called uh, Tattva Viveka, Discernment of the Basis of Things, the Truth. Or uh, Prabhupada. Uh, 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 Oh no, it's not Prabhupada, but here it's 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 actually in eleventh uh, canto, chapter twenty-four, in the purport. In Satya Yuga, however, people are viveka nipuna. This is the word that occurs in that verse, eleven twenty-four two. Viveka nipuna, uh, uh, expert in intelligent discrimination. That's Satya Yuga. Viveka nipuna, nipuna expert. And thus there is no difference between their vision and reality. So that's the foolish spirit soul is can't really discriminate between the self and the not-self. That's what that's the meaning of foolishness here. Uh, and uh, 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 you're undiscriminating um, that uh, uh, the idea is ultimately meaningless, so there's there's no uh, meaning to it because of aviveka. Uh, they don't uh, understand uh, what's going on. This material existence is apart. The uh, purport here, BBT. Uh, here the word sanikarshanam indicates that the pure spirit soul voluntarily connects himself with the material body, considering this a most fruitful arrangement. So that's the idea of being drawn to or attracted to. Actually, the situation is aparta, useless. Unless one uses one's embodied situation to engage in the loving service of the Lord. That is, if you're liberated, no harm. At that time, one's connection is actually with Lord Krishna, not with the body. Which becomes a mere instrument for executing one's higher purpose. You see, when one is actually liberated in devotional service, as Prabhupada puts it, 
Krishna directly takes control of the devotee's senses. You don't really <laughs> do anything anymore. <laughs> now you're serving Krishna and Krishna takes charge. So, a, a, a liberated state for a devotee in this world who's doing, who's, who, who's pure, the whole world is very different. That explains one reason why the fifth canto version of the cosmos isn't what we see. Because you're not really connected anymore directly with the world. You're connected with Krishna. And through Krishna, the world comes back uh, according to as he directs and controls the senses. So you see it in a different way. Uh, but that—that's uh, uh, here in this. This, this is this is Prabhupada's experience that you're not actually in contact in a way with the material nature. You're in contact with Krishna, and since Krishna is the Lord of material nature, he takes charge. He takes charge of the body. Takes charge of the senses. Takes. He is the intelligence now, guiding everything. Uh, and, and that's that's how a devotee lives. You're really at that point, in one sense, disembodied. <laughs> it's not your body anymore. It's Krishna's, and and, uh, uh, and then there's the the sankarsana you're you're with is a different sankarsana. <laughs> uh, one of the uh, yeah, one of the. Sankarsana Karana Toya Shai, the Sankarsana that lies in the ocean, that that uh, those people who run the universe. Uh, Banu Swami uh, says uh, he his purport is that but it is true that the lack of discrimination of the jiva support samsara, that's the foolishness, this, uh, uh, this is explained in five verses, so these are the, these, these verses. Sanikarsana means relationship. A law, as long as the jiva is related to his body and senses, samsara, though illusory, gives results. Then there's a question in quotation marks, but how does the jiva, beyond matter, have a relationship with the body and the senses? Uh, it is because of his ignorance, avivekanaha. I mean, actually, it's because of Krishna. He gives him the ignorance. I'm situated in everyone's heart. And where does knowledge come from? It comes from Krishna. Where does ignorance come from? It comes from Krishna. The Prabhupada put it, by Krishna's mercy we, we remember Krishna, and by Krishna's mercy we forget Krishna. He just does, you know, according to the jiva's desire. Uh, uh, so that's the one that's really in charge, not, not us. Uh, 
So now, uh, this is the beginning of his answer. Uh, so now in text 13, uh, now notice the text 13 begins with the word arta. Just, and there's an arta in the previous verse. Uh, apa arta. Mm -hmm. So that's apa arta. So now he says, uh, uh, arte hyavidyama, excuse me, arte hyavidyama nepi samsustina vivartate jayato vishayan asya the translation is, actually, the living entity is transcendental to material existence, but because of his mentality of lording it over material nature, his material existence, is, excuse me, his material existential condition does not cease. And just as in a dream, he is affected by all sorts of disadvantages. Now, this particular verse, as they point out in the purport here, uh, well, I even lost my text. Where to go? machine, I tell you. Hold on a second. You find what happened to it. They keep upgrading it or changing it or fixing something and it gets more unintelligible. Though. That's not it. Oh, I must have turned off the Bhaktivedanta database. Yeah, I did. Just somehow brushed against something and the whole thing went away. Hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 uh, Arte. Now see, the Arte has many. Here they, they call it, uh, this is the Arta in the locative case. The real cause, they call it real cause. Um, uh, and I don't know why, because they don't... <laughs> well, Arta, Arta means a subject matter. You know, one meaning of art and meaning is, is, is substance, is subject matter, like wealth, and you know. So, but here they say, uh, as Bhattu Swami translated, though objects are unreal or temporary, uh, the word that's used here, arte avidyamane, 
the word the word uh, vijamana means not present or not existing. Uh, uh, so the objects are unreal. Uh, that's the way Banuswami translates that art day. Uh, they don't exist. Uh, uh, and and uh, what I tell you why I, I am a little uh, hesitant uh, about the translation of this verse because this verse with one variation has appeared four times in the Bhagavatam. <laughs> and you got four. <laughs> well, this translation here uh, is really just copies Prabhupada's translation when this appears in the third canto. And But it's, the contextual meaning changes, you know, when you move it from one context to another, because the word artha, if you look up artha in a Sanskrit dictionary, there's a whole list of, you know, uh, wealth, you know, I mean, anyway, that's why I'm, we'll get into these different translations. <laughs> And it's very interesting to have this one verse. It shows up twice. This is the second occurrence of it in the eleventh canto. Shows up in the, in the third canto and then uh, somewhere else. I don't remember exactly where, but I have it written down. Anyway, uh, but that, the the point is correct. That living entity is transcendental to material existence. Uh, so even if uh, the material existence doesn't cease, he's still uh, anyway, actually the living entity is transcendental to material existence because of his mentality of lording it over material nature his material existential condition does not cease. So I think this is Arte Avidyamani. Just as in a dream, he is affected by all sorts of disadvantage. The example of a dream is Swapna. It's a dream. And there's Anartha, Artha and Anartha. See, that's the contrast here. Uh, the Artha, the real thing, is not there. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, let me give you some other uh, translations here. Uh, so this is the final occurrence of this verse. The first occurrence is in the third canto, if you're interested, 327.4. Word for word, the whole thing. Right? Uh, and that occurrence... Actually, Kapila Dev is speaking to Devahuti uh, there. Then, then there uh, uh, two occur. I had, yeah, there's there's five times this appears. Yeah, five times. I said four. It's five. Five times this verse is there, but one is a little variation. So in the, uh, the, the, the first one is Kapila Devahuti. 
Then in the fourth canto, 429.3, is a little different. The first line is the Arte Yavidjamane P, Samsristi Manivartate. And here, Artha is translated as factual cause. Arte Samsristi. Uh, then, but the second uh, line, or half half lines, uh, two half lines, manasalinga rupena, swapne vicharato yuta. So that one's different. Uh, uh, so the translation there, and this is to Narada, to King Pranibharhisha, explaining material existence to him in this allegory he gives about uh, about Puranjana, you know. Sometimes we suffer because we see a tiger in a dream or a snake in a vision, but actually there is neither tiger nor snake. So that's the idea of it's not there. Thus we create some situation in a subtle form uh, and suffer the consequences. It's in the, uh, uh, the subtle form is linga rupa, in the manasa, in the by the mind. These, sup, these sufferings cannot be mitigated unless we are awakened from our dream. So that's the first occurrence of these, this line here, where there's one thing about this talking. You know, here it explains quite clearly, we're talking about mental uh, superimposition, just like a dream. Uh, in a dream, you have a dream body. You accept that dream body as yourself, when the dream body is being uh, eaten by a tiger or threatened by a snake, you think it's happening to you. You're safe in bed. You're fine. But you're experiencing things to the dream body. Uh, anyway, so that that was... Then the second occurrence in the fourth, uh, uh, fourth canto... Uh, Narada is again speaking to King Prachinibarhi. This continues many, many, many chapters, <laughs> this allegory. And so he's repeating 429.35 uh, uh, in explaining it. Uh, but this time when he uh, repeats it, it's the way we have it in, in this chapter. And the... Uh, uh, and so this trans translation uh, goes like this. This is also this one is Prabhupada's translation. When the living entity dreams, the sense objects are not actually present. Here, arte means the sense objects are avidyamana. They're not there. So when the living entity dreams, the sense objects are not actually present. However, because one has associated with the sense objects, they become manifest. Uh, similarly, you've associated, you have memories of them, and so then they occur in, in dreams. Uh, Similarly, when the living entity with undeveloped senses does not 
Similarly, the living entity with undeveloped senses does not cease to exist materially even though he may not be exactly in contact with the sense objects. That's how it's translated there. Then, in the 11th canto, 11.22.56, same verse, word for word the same, and this again is Krishna to Uddhava. So Krishna is repeating this twice in the same conversation with Uddhava, just like Narda did it twice. Well, he, well, he had a little bit of a variation, but... Um, uh, so th- this translation of the same verse in 11.22.65 is, For one who is meditating on sense gratification, material life, although lacking in factual existence, aren't they doesn't exist in, rea- in, in truth, art here means true existence, does not go away, it doesn't stop. Although material life isn't really there, if you are meditating on sense gratification, vishayan, dhyayata vishayan, jhana is meditation, right? So in the vishaya, sense object. You're meditating on the sense objects, so it doesn't go away, just as the unpleasant experiences of a dream do not. So there's all kinds of ways this thing has been uh, translated. Uh, uh, and then we have the, 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 the translation uh, now. Actually, the living entity is transcendental to material existence. Um, But because of his mentality of lording it over material nature, his material existential condition does not cease. Uh, Just as in a dream, he is affected by all sorts of disadvantages. Uh, I have a feeling uh, that... If you look at, when you look at this verse, just, I had some time to do it, you look at this verse, and the, they're repeating Prabhupada's translation, but he's doing it in context, and also because he wants to make certain preaching points, and the way, when you translate it there and you translate it here, you, you would have done it differently, I, w- I would think. But you would have had other Prabhupada translations too. <laughs> at least the, uh, the one, uh, you know, in, in the, in the in the third or fourth canto, all these things are there. So, uh, uh, anyway, that's the adventure. But what's really interesting uh, thing that I did um, is that uh, we get different ways of translating them when Vishnavarti Thakur, Thakur goes through the same thing. And this is, of course, Banuswami's translation of the verses according to Vishnavarti Chakravarti Thakur's commentary. Uh, so, in that case, uh, he says in the third canto, 27.4, though actions do not 
actually exist for the jiva, material life does not cease because. So that's what is, you know, arte avijamana no. So here, arte is actions. They don't exist for the jiva, but samsritta but samsara doesn't stop. Uh, material life doesn't cease because he meditates on the sense objects and thinks of himself as a doer. You notice, ahankara vimudatma kartaham itti manyate. This is in the Bhagavad Gita, I forget the actual verse. Trying the living idea, ahankara vimudatma, made stupid by ahankara, vimuda. Uh, Ahankari vimuda kartaham itimanyate. He thinks I am the doer. This is Krishna's take on these people, huh? or us. <laughs> uh, because he meditates on sense objects, thinking himself the doer. I am the enjoyer, I am the controller. First you want to enjoy and then you want to control. Uh, it is like the experience of unreal actions in a dream. Because the actions, the actions don't exist. I'm not the doer. How is my body working? How do I move my hand? I don't know. All I know is I want to move my hand and it moves. The connection between myself and the body in any way of my desire to, to move the hand and it's moving. It's not me, it's Paramatma. As Prabhupada was some, somewhere, we don't see anything without Krishna seeing it first. We don't hear anything without Krishna's hearing it first. It's really, uh, that's how it happens. Here, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's purport here. How does the jiva end up bound by karma created by his bodies even though he actually performs no action. Since the jiva is not the doer, nor has the means of doing anything. I don't control material nature. I have no idea how my eyes are seeing, how my tongue is moving, how my ears... I don't know. How do you do that? That's cool. I have no idea. I'm really along for the ride. I'm a passenger. Yeah. Krishna is the driver of the chariot and the jiva is simply a passenger. Yeah. Anyway, he doesn't... So the actions or the sense objects, whatever they are, they don't exist uh, or cease existing. Now there's another way of reading this. Because he meditates on the sense objects thinking himself a doer. It is like the experience of unreal actions in a dream. Uh, even though action, arte, does not exist, does really exist, the jiva meditates on sense objects by misconceiving himself as the doer. An example is given. It is just like a dream in which unreal objects become experienced because of intense thought of objects or actions a person identifies with. So when you're when you're in the middle of a nightmare or something, you're really terrified. You're really frightened. 
So then, uh, in uh, the fourth canto, uh, here Arte is taken as suffering. <laughs> Though suffering does not really exist. <laughs> I mean, there's no word for word in this translation, but that's what fits. Samsara will never cease. So suffering, just like I'm the joyer, I, I'm also the opposite. It's also a, a, an illusory superimposition. Though suffering does not really exist, samsara will never cease. As long as the conception of suffering continues, I am the enjoyer, I'm the controller, I'm the sufferer, I'm the abused one, I'm the victim. <laughs> Just as the suffering in a dream will never cease for the jiva wandering about with the coverings of the mind, which is a nice way to put it, manasalinga rupena, this is this alternative line, as though he's wandering with the coverings of the mind, manasalinga. Linga means a sheath or a covering, even a linga is a body, you know. As long as he identifies with the dream, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says for this one, because happiness and distress are qualities of the body, actually there is no suffering for the jiva who is dissociated from the body. What is the use of trying to destroy suffering that does not exist? You can say, it's in quotation marks. Though suffering, arte, see the word arte here is suffering now, does whatever the subject is, you know, you can. It's a word that like points, you know, whatever you're pointing at. Does not exist for the jiva, without wiping out that misconception of suffering, material existence will not cease. In a dream, false objects continue to give suffering to the jiva moving about with the mind. Uh, a covering upadi. You know this word? Sarva upari vinir muktam tatvara pinirma. The covering on the jiva, linga rupena, until the person wakes up. So, okay, false objects in a dream, that's also can be the arthas there, right? Here's another one. This is 429.73. Again, and when Banu Swami changes the translation, he's going along with the way the purport does it. Just as enjoyment of objects continue in a dream, though the objects are not present. Now, there's no, no subject matter in a dream, but the enjoyment continues. Samsara does not cease for a person attached to sense objects, although the subtle body stops functioning during deep sleep. Swapne, you know. Swapna, there's different stages of sleep. So there's dreaming sleep and then deep dreamless sleep. So he says, Vishnu Chakravarti, in states like deep sleep, there's obstruction to the subtle body's functions, but it is not absent. So in deep dreamless sleep, the subtle body doesn't work anymore. It's not giving you dreams or anything. But the subtle body still there. Some say that during deep sleep and final devastation, the subtle body does not exist because of merging into Prakriti. But they also say this is not liberation. So some people may say that. 
when you are in deep dreamless sleep and the subtle body seems to be absent, it's actually merged back into Prakriti. And then it comes back to you or something. I, that's some people. Anyway. But it's still not liberation. Whatever happens, you're not liberated when you're in deep dreamless sleep. I mean, because liberation, this is stated in Bhagavad liberation means liberation from the subtle body. At the time of death, we give up the gross body. As Hamlet says, we shuffle off the mortal coil. But there's another mortal coil that stays with us, which is the subtle body, and we take it with us. So automatically at the time of death we're liberated from the gross body, but because the subtle body is there, we then contract another gross body. So anyway, so even during deep sleep, they also say this is not liberation, it is still samsara. An example is given just as a person who meditates on sense objects perceives forms for enjoyment in a dream through the physical object, though the physical objects are not present. So in deep sleep, though the subtle body does not function, there is no liberation because of the impressions have not been destroyed. Samsara continues. So somehow even when you're not the subtle body is not functioning, somehow there's still some kind of impression. So he's making this distinction here between you know, dreamless sleep and dreaming sleep. We're running out of time. Uh, uh, so in the 11th canto, 22, for one who, 2256, for one who meditates on sense objects which lack factual existence, that's Arte Avidyamana, material existence does not go away. It is like the unpleasant experience of a dream. That's a very simple translation. Uh, I'll skip the purport to that one. And then, uh, again, uh, though objects are unreal or temporary, samsara does not cease. Uh, just as a person absorbed in unreal dream objects experiences fear. So he's making a very, the way Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur deals with it here. The objects are unreal. Uh, but samsara keeps on going. Uh, you're not, uh, and he says that you're answering the question, since the body and senses are temporary and false, why does the jiva have a relationship with them from which samsara arises? So even though some, the objects are temporary or unreal, still samsara results. Just like when there's a dream, which is fictitious objects, dream objects, you still f experience fear. So these are some of the ways of, <laughs> of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, looking at, at this uh, different occurrences of this uh, of this verse, and uh, and uh, 
I'd like to spend more time studying it in a way because it shows up so many times and and uh, 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 has so many different uh, implications, but we can't do it uh, under these circumstances. Uh, uh, so remember, we're still trying to come to the answer to the question uh, uh, that that is that who is it that's undergoing these things, you know, Who, whose experience is the experience of maya. Uh, the soul, the jiva is pure, and the not-self is part of maya, so that you know, the, the buddhi is a material object, actually. Your intelligence or your, your ahankara, even ahankara is subtle material energy, and ahankara is not conscious. It's, 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 it's does something, but it's not a conscious, it's an energy, it's a subtle material uh, object, so that's how it happens. Anyway, okay, maybe we'll, we'll, we're all thoroughly confused. (laughs) (laughs) We'll pick up with, uh, Anyway, it'll become clear. So that next is text uh, 14 coming up. Actually, 14 helps out too. I was planning to get to it. But Any questions or comments? Yes, I want. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, this may be a. You know, so I've been. I was back to the previous verse actually. Uh-huh. Uh, this this Sunny Karshanam. I'm trying to get a sense of um, the origin of this attraction to the to the body and the senses. Mm-hmm. And. Like on the one hand, I was thinking, okay, maybe this is this is something that arises out of the contact with the gunas or something like this. But this happens prior to that, this yeah. attraction. So I'm trying to get a sense. Of well, uh, this is the 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 kind of a question of uh, if the jiva is in naturally pure, how does it fall into maya? It's, 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 it's <laughs> yeah, and and because it seems to be a fall into maya, you have to be impure. All right. And uh, so it seems to be a little bit, and then it's also described as beginningless. So, did we have knowledge of Krishna and forget, or uh, or we were all created in Maya? You know, because it's a little hard to imagine uh, uh, what what it is. And Prabhupada says not to spend a whole lot of time talking about mm. this. Uh, it's one of those things that for a time-bound person, it's a little hard to understand. Uh, uh, and to me, it's clear, uh, at least enough, that that um, the real thing is you have the freedom, 
not to serve Krishna as your innate capacity. Uh, because you, because because if you're going to love Krishna, love has to be freely given. It can't be that you have no choice. Uh, and so, therefore, there's the possibility of turning away from Krishna. Uh, and uh, when did we do it, or how did we do it? Uh, and 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 ultimately. Uh, our turning away from Krishna and, 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 and being in Maya, that though you may spend billions of years in samsara and you're absent from the spiritual world, apparently, uh, the, in the spiritual world, the time of your absence is invisible, <laughs> practically, you know. Because you know the higher up the planetary systems you go, time there's an Einsteinian expansion or contraction of time, depending on what you, you know. So that when the the story about what King Kukudmi was looking for a, 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 a suitable husband for his daughter, couldn't find anybody. Went up to Brahma, had to wait a second, and when Brahma could finally see him, he said, "You know, you billion, you know, your whole universe is gone a long time ago. You know, while you were here, you know." Because uh, time had passed. If you're sitting, if there was in, it's just to say in Brahmaloka, a a a a a screen, and the, the 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 surveillance camera was in here, in this planet, everything would go <laughs> super fast. <laughs> we looked at, and if we if we had the opposite, uh, it, you wouldn't see anything happening. It would look be like everybody was frozen. It would look like time had dilated and slowed down, you know. So what happens when you get all the way up there, you know? Well, there's some kind of spiritual time, but... So these things are like a little hard to think about <laughs> in our situation, you know. That's all, all I can say. And so Prabhupada said, we, 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 you know, hear the instructions how to, how to go back to Godhead. He always used the phrase, back to Godhead, you know, uh, and remember Krishna. And Krishna uses the word memory also, uh, you know, so uh, that, that's what, what we have to think. How, how we can become ignorant is we're influenced by Krishna's energy. Actually, we can't make ourselves ignorant. Krishna gives us. When they want to remember me, this is how Prabhupada put it, I give them all facility to remember. When they want to forget, I give them the facility to forget. So that, that's, that's really where it comes from. And you say, well, Krishna, I want to remember you. Uh... He may see, is that really true, you know? Here's Babelicious over here, is that <laughs> whatever, <laughs> some sense object. <laughs> Do you really want me? <laughs> well, not yes yet. St. <laughs> Augustine has said in his confessions, he said, when I was young and foolish, I prayed, Lord, give me chastity, but not just yet. <laughs> So we want to postpone it until later. And that's why you got things like the higher planets, you know. Mm.
people want the kingdom of God without God. Sounds great until you actually run out of your good karma and come back down again. And it didn't seem like it was long enough after all. Okay. Anything else? There's one coming down the pipeline. Just a moment. It's typing. I can read what's here so far. It's being texted in at a slow yeah. rate. Okay, so I'll just read what's here. Um, so this is a question from Vidagadha Madhava in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And he says that, um, I read a letter from Srila Prabhupada that was posted in the Boston Temple in 1975, where he said that Shukadeva Goswami was given a particular vision of the universe and that this vision is subjective. Um, and then he says, unfortunately this letter doesn't appear to be in the folio. So the question is, can this vision of Shukadev be considered like that? That he was given a particular angle of vision from Krishna for that description? I haven't heard about such a letter either, and I don't even know if he meant by subjective means. It's how he sees it. Uh, uh, and, and, um, but if Shukadev writes the Bhagavatam, <laughs> I imagine his, his uh, it would be to some extent subjective because I, I think that uh, even in the spiritual world, there's a plurality of ways of seeing things. Even though you're a, a soul that's uh, liberated and enlightened and not subject to illusion, you'll look at things different ways according to your relationship with Krishna and, and so on. So I wouldn't take it that it's uh, that it is as a whole it's false. Uh, as far as how how to how we understand the the universe, uh, I I myself um, think that the uh, actual answer is found uh, in uh, in the uh, Bhagavatam fourth canto. This is four twenty nine sixty nine. And uh, Prabhupada uh, uh, goes Satvaika Nishte Manasi Bhagavat Parshavartami Tamas Chandra Masi Vedam Uparajyava Basate. So Prabhupada translates this 
The Krishna consciousness means constantly associating with the Supreme Personality of Godhead in such a mental state that the devotee can observe the cosmic manifestation exactly as the Supreme Personality of Godhead does. That's what he says. Such observation is not always possible, but becomes manifest exactly like the dark planet known as Rahu, which is observed in the presence of the full moon. When the moon is full, then Rahu, which you can't see, you can see. So the idea is the moon is close, you know. Um, uh, so this is, uh, to me, what the uh, meaning of this uh, verse is. Vishma Chakravarti Thakur says, uh, uh, everyone sees all these things in a particular order. Sometimes there's simultaneous observation, uh, observation of everything. So simultaneous observation of everything. When the mind is constantly situated in Shuddha Sattva, what the verse says, situated next to the Lord, uh, uh, Parshva means right by the side, the rib cage is Parshva, you know, right next to, close to the Lord, the devotee may see the universe directly, just as the Lord sees it by his will. For instance, Krishna showed the universe to his mother when he ate dirt. So I assume this is where the description of the universe that we get in the Bhagavatam, this is its source. People who see the universe as the way the Lord sees it. Vishnu Chakrabarti Thakur says, although one does not deserve to see this, sometimes one can see it. <laughs> so, Anyway, that 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 to me is uh, uh, the, the way we should study the universe. And nobody will believe it's true until you can, uh, you know, get a, a patentable invention that makes you tons of money, and then they'll believe it. Wow, you put onto something. <laughs> it doesn't make even if it's a fire out discovery, and it doesn't make money. Nobody would be interested. Because <laughs> that's our standard of advancement, right? We're a Vaisha civilization right now, at best. Anything else? Okay. Thank you very much. We'll pick up again with text number is 14, is it mm -hmm. Yeah, 14. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai.